Hey folks, it's Pastor Jennifer Hodson from Bryan Community Church located in Bryan, Texas. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. We are glad that you are checking us out. If you want to learn more about Bryan Community Church, you can visit us at briancommunitychurch.org or visit us on Instagram and Facebook at Bryan Community Church. Uh, before I jump in like I'd like to do, um, every week and that's basically to, to share with you the sermon that I preached this past Sunday in case you missed it or if you are joining us from some other location around the world. Uh, I'd like to record the, the sermon uh, but before I jump in I think it's important that you understand where this is coming from or why God placed this on my heart. So I told my congregation this past Sunday I said um, we had the opportunity, we meaning my husband and I, to go to Grand Cayman last week and go scuba diving. Now my husband, he is a scuba instructor. Uh, I was able to learn last year in Cozumel, Mexico. Uh, went down and did a number of dives and absolutely loved it. It's beautiful underwater. It's amazing uh, how God has created so many incredible, um, living organisms under the, the ocean. And so I, I was excited to do the same this year. However, we went on Thursday. Uh, I got all the scuba gear on. We stopped at our first dive spot. I got out of the boat and then I got right back into the boat. Why? Um, the only thing I can say is that I was incredibly anxious about making the dive. I, I don't know why. Um, I just freaked myself out. So I thought, you know what, okay, not this dive, the next one. We went to our next dive location. I got out of the boat. I went underwater just a little bit. And then I, again, chickened out and went right back to the surface and got back on the boat. And so for whatever reason, I kicked myself on both sides because I wanted to get underwater. And for whatever reason, my anxiety and fears got the best of me. Now, I tell you that story because um, I'm not gonna give up. I'm gonna try again. But I think there was a purpose in, in not taking the next dive the next day. Uh, the reason being is I just said, you know what? I, I don't want to be anxious. I want to enjoy my vacation. And I'm going to sit on the beach and I'm gonna read and I kissed my husband goodbye and he went and he dove. And on that day, I found a book that was left at the condo in which we were staying. And I took it down to the beach and I opened it up and wow, did I hear from the Lord through this book. The title of it is The Circle Maker. It's written by Mark Batterson. He is a pastor who planted a church in Washington, D.C. and. Um, you know, I just sat there and as I read page by page and line by line, I knew that there was a reason that I was sitting on that beach instead of diving under the water because otherwise I don't think I would have opened these pages and heard the words. And so uh, this has inspired my sermon. It comes directly from Mark Batterson's book. And um, I just want to share a little bit uh, of what he wrote. And you'll have to forgive me, Mark, if, if I got anything wrong. But um, this, is, this is what spoke to me, and I think um, spoke to our congregation. So first of all, he opens up the book with 
the circle maker, this Jewish folklore uh, about Honey the circle maker. This was a gentleman who, you know, we were told throughout history that, um, that the Jewish people had not had rain for a very, very long time. And this is a man of faith who went out and he stepped out in faith and he looked up to God and he said, God, I'm going to stay in this place until it rains. And I, in my head, as I was reading this, I was imagining an old man putting himself in a position, maybe having a cane and just circling this spot in which he planted his feet and he prayed and he prayed, trusting and knowing that God would provide because we know that we have a, a God who provides. And uh, lo and behold, it started to rain and it rained and rained and rained. And that was the day that everyone knew and their faith was reinvigorated um, and they got exactly what they had asked for um, and all the glory went to God. So I'm reading this, I'm like, ooh, this is good. But I'm thinking, this is Jewish folklore. We don't, we don't know if this is true or not. Um, this is also not found in our, in our Old or New Testament. So I continued to read, right? Certainly trusting this, this Christian pastor and author. And so um, we come to another story in which Mark Batterson lifts up, and that is the story of Jericho. Um, I went straight to my childhood memories where uh, we would sing, Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, Jericho, Jericho. Now I know you don't want to listen to me sing, but um, at the end it goes, and the walls came tumbling down. So from early on, I remember the story of Joshua taking his Israelite troops and circling Jericho. And um, just a, a little backstory of Joshua. Joshua um, comes from the, the long line, uh, the family tree of Abraham. Uh, Abraham was promised that God would make him um, a father of many nations and that, you know, out of his line, um, he would find the promised land um, and his people would, would discover the promised land. Well, if you, if you back up um, a, a ways, uh, indeed, Abraham's family would, would inherit the promised land, but it would not come without trials and tribulations and and we follow abraham we follow his lineage and we we follow the line uh, until they find themselves in egypt and i don't know if you're familiar with with this story but uh, the israelites they were enslaved in egypt by pharaoh uh, they were oppressed uh, they were in misery and then the lord sent moses moses who would uh, lead the israelites out of egypt out into the, the desert and they would wander around uh, for 40 years, you know, trying to find this promised land, waiting patiently for God to provide and all the way God did. Um, and so just as they, they got to the edge of the promised land in which Moses was leading them, Moses never entered into the promised land, but instead uh, his position, his role of leadership was transferred to Joshua and Joshua would lead the Israelites into the promised land. Uh, and not only into the promised land, but they would go up uh, against a number of their enemies. And um, oftentimes the, the Canaanites, um, a people who did not uh, obey God, um, who had other gods and other rituals. 
um, and practices that were not of God. And so oftentimes Joshua, uh, he would lead his men in, into battle. Well, in one such battle, uh, it was um, a battle against Jericho. Now Jericho was a, a city, um, just 12 acres, um, with incredibly large walls, 50 foot walls, I believe is, is what um, we are told. Mud thick, you know, difficult to conquer. And if anyone came up to this, this large wall, gate, village, city, it was a city at the, the time, you would think that the way to conquer this would be to, to go through it, right? Or uh, maybe just shoot arrows and, and to catch it on fire or something, use some kind of physical might to, to conquer this city, to, to get in um, and defeat Jericho. Only we find out, and I'll read just a little to you, that that's not how Joshua fought this battle at all. Um, in fact, I just want to read to you a, a little bit of Joshua's attitude and how he faced this, this challenge that stood in front of him and those he was leading. So first of all, if you have your Bibles and you want to turn into Joshua chapter 5, just verse 13 is where I'm going to begin. So chapter 5 verse 13, let me just read to you and I want you to notice Joshua's attitude for a moment. We are told, now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and he saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, are you for us or for our enemies? So who is this man standing before Joshua? Are you with us or are you with them? Are you part of Jericho or are you part of, you know, God's army? And he said, neither. But as commander of the army of the Lord, I have come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, what message does my Lord have for his servant? So here this person uh, is representing God. This is one of um, God's soldiers, God's angels. Uh, he was God's messenger. And so Joshua recognizes that this is somebody coming on behalf of God himself, God, God of creation. And we notice that Joshua falls face down in reverence. So this is the attitude in which Joshua comes when he's getting ready to face those in Jericho. It's an attitude of prayer, of recognizing that God is in control and he bows down. He had, holds reverence. Then the story continues. The commander of the Lord's army replied, take off your sandals for the place you are standing is holy. And Joshua did. So again, out of respect for God and, and what's before him. Now the gates of Jericho, they were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in, right? Jericho, they had kept themselves behind closed doors, six foot wide and 50 foot high, mud thick walls. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all of the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up. 
everyone will go straight in. So Joshua, son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the ark of the covenant of the Lord and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. And he ordered, ordered the army, Advance, march around the city with an armed guard going ahead of the ark of the Lord. When Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went forward, blowing their trumpets, and the ark of the Lord's covenant followed them. The armed guard marched ahead of the priests who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard followed the ark. All this time the trumpets were sounding, but Joshua had commanded the army. He says, do not give a war cry. Do not raise your voices. Do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout. Then shout. So in other words, they have to go up to Jericho and they have to, to tear down these walls, but they have to do it in silence. Keep quiet. So we had the ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling it once. Then the army returned to camp and spent the night there. Joshua got up early the next morning and the priests took up the ark of the Lord. The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets, they went forward marching before the ark of the Lord and blowing the trumpets. Our men went ahead of them and the rear guard followed the ark while the trumpets kept sound. So on the second day they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. And they did this for six days. Can you imagine walking around a city? Six days days in a row not saying a word and then we we're told on the seventh day they got up at daybreak and they marched around the city seven times in the same manner except that on the day they circled the city seven times the seventh time around when the priests sounded the trumpet blast joshua commanded the army shout for the lord has given you the city the city and all that is in it are to be devoted to the lord and when the trumpet sounded, the army shot in it. At the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. So everyone charged straight in and they took the city and they devoted the city to the Lord. This is not any kind of battle that I have heard of. Have you? I mean, you turn on the news and gosh, we've got all kinds of ways in which we can tear into cities and, and protect uh, innocent lives. Wow, to go in and not say a word and then just shout all of a sudden the walls come down, the barrier is broken. They had to be in prayer. They had to have been trusting God would take care of them just by marching. Now Mark Batterson points out, he said, now don't you think that they have been in prayer that if you're walking around a city against your enemies and you're not using any kind of physical force, but yet somehow this wall is to be penetrated, you would be in prayer. Prayer. We're not Honey the circle maker. They weren't Honey the circle maker. But they walked in a circle around that thing that they needed to overcome. A challenge that was before them might not have been a drought, but it was their enemies. And through prayer and trusting God, Jericho came down. And so as I was reading Mark's book and as I'm reading this passage and I am thinking and I am praying and I am just wondering 
How many walls do we need to walk around in prayer so that they will come down? How many people are you struggling and you're wrestling with right now? How many enemies do you have that what you need to do is you need to take that challenge, that difficulty, that person, and you need to pray circles around them, trusting that it's not by our own force and our own might that will break down the barriers between us and them. But God, because our greatest weapon, it might not be fire, it might not be a ram, it might be prayer. And in this passage and throughout scripture, we often find that our power comes mostly when we go to the Lord and we say, God, conquer whatever this is that we're wrestling with, that we're upset about, that's challenging us. God, make that wall come down. And we have to be strong and courageous. Early on, we learn that Joshua is strong and courageous. And he holds tight to the Lord. We have to be strong and courageous. And we have to be obedient. And sometimes it means by saying nothing out loud at all. But instead, putting all of our faith and our trust in the Lord. And so I wonder what it is that we're struggling with. What city, what fortress is standing in front of us? What obstacle is in our way? How are we going to overcome? Well, in the book, what I did is I wrote down three things that I was going to pray about. Three things that were incredibly important to me that I need to circle in prayer. The first two things are the people who I love the most. That's my husband and that's my children. And I circled them both in prayer. And then we're a new church plant. And I don't know if you've ever planted a new church before, if you've ever started a new business, if you have ever started a, a new venture of any kind, maybe a nonprofit. It's hard. It's difficulty. I don't know how we're going to conquer a new church sometimes. Where is our next building going to come from? Are we gonna have a place to worship in the next few months? Are we gonna be a sustainable church in the next three, four, 10 years? I don't know. I'm not sure if it's possible, but with God, anything is possible. And so all my trust and faith is gonna be on God. And that church, you better believe, is gonna be circled in prayer. Brian Community Church, we are gonna be circled in prayer. I'm praying. Will you pray? But it's not just the church. It's the people in our lives. It's our husbands. It's our wives. It's our aunts and uncles, our grandparents. It's our children. It's, it's the, our children's children. It's uh, the kids next door. It's the kids who live down the street. Let's circle them in prayer. Who knows what it is that they're going through, but you know God does. Write their name down and pray for them. 
Because whatever it is, whatever struggle, whatever addiction, whatever um, next chapter in life that, that folks just aren't sure about, whatever financial stressor, whatever cancer, whatever impossible situation, we might not be able to control it. It might be too high and too wide and too thick to conquer, but God can. And we trust him and we're obedient and we just walk and pray and walk and pray and wait until that day when God tears down those walls, conquers those fears, overcomes that situation and brings new life and peace and hope and joy. So I'm praying for my husband and I'm praying for my children and I'm praying for this community and I'm praying for your community and I'm praying that God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I'm calling on prayer warriors. I've asked our church to circle our church in prayer. I've started in our mission field going and walking and praying, saying, Lord, okay, what? Will you have Brian Community Church do in this community? And then I'm just going to lift up, and um, I don't know if, if they will ever um, get to see it, but, but my brother Mike, he is the pastor down in Brenham, and he so graciously created these. I don't know if you can see it, but it says, Pray for Brian Community Church. This is a colleague of mine. He has his own church and his own ministry, and they're rocking and rolling. But he took the time to make these wristbands to pray for our church. First of all, I think that says something. We should be praying for one another. Whether you're a United Methodist church, or you're a Presbyterian church, you're a Congregational church, you're a Christian church, what? independent Baptist, I don't care. Brothers and sisters, we are connected. We are kingdom people. If we believe that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, it doesn't matter what church we find ourselves on Sunday morning. We need to love and support each other and pray for one another. And I just love that I have a colleague in a congregation who don't even live in this community praying for us. So thank you. And we've got to do that for one another. Who is around us who's going through a difficult time? Let's put them in the center of the circle and let's start praying. Because I promise you, just like the Battle of Jericho, those walls will come tumbling down. And then I love, and I'll end with this twice, one in verse 2 and one in verse 16. It says, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands. For the Lord has given you the city. Twice we are told that Jericho had been delivered and had been given by God. And this is before the walls came down. God already has it worked out, out in our future. And we're going to praise that he does already. But as we're waiting and as we see God's plans unfold, we're going to keep on praying. And as we pray, we are going to praise. We are going to pray now, and we're going to give praise for the future. We're going to pray now, and we're going to give praise for what God is going to do in and through the men and women and the children that we love. 
the churches that we care about, the missions fields that he has us in. We are going to pray and we're going to praise. Brothers and sisters, I'm thankful that I couldn't go scuba diving or I wouldn't have gotten this book and been inspired to share with you what I found so inspirational. Lord, thank you. We praise him. And may the Lord be with you. Amen. Thank you.